Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 37, beginning with verse 4, and we're going to start a few verses into the narrative today. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. I'll talk, but you teach. Do what only you can do. God, we're tired of just having church. God, we need you. Meet us in this moment. And we give you honor for it in advance. But when his brother saw that their father loved him more than all his other brothers, Joseph was born to Jacob later in Jacob's life. And he was the firstborn son of the love of his life, Rachel. But in a couple verses, we're going to see what we see over and over and over and over and over and over again in the Bible. Whenever you find a man with more than one woman in his life, it comes with very serious complications. Too much of even a bad thing or a good thing better can be bad. And the Bible says they hated him. These were the brothers born to the other three wives. The word hate here literally in the Hebrew means to treat as an enemy. And this term would be used three times to describe Joseph's relationship with his brothers. They hated them, him, and they could not speak peaceably to him. Hate often begins with words you cannot say out loud. But it ends up with you doing things you thought you would never do. So you, you know, under, the Bible set this up under the surface, things are simmering. Things are going on in the hearts of these young boys. Now Joseph, in the midst of this environment, had a dream. And he told it to his hating brothers. And guess what happened? They hated him even more. The second mention of the word hate here. And we see that it's going deeper and deeper. It's brewing more and more in the hearts. But here's what I've learned. Large problems arise out of us not resolving the small problems. The the, the reason why our relationships end up with big issues is because we wouldn't address those issues when they were small. Verse eight. I wish I was there and I could pull little Joe aside and say, you know what? You need to keep some things to yourself. Little Joe, sometimes you don't have to 
talk so much about what you're going to do. Just, just do it and, and, and let the actions speak for themselves. But I wasn't in the neighborhood at the time, and, 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 and I couldn't talk to little Joseph here. But little naive Joseph, it took a little courage to say this, but he's a little bit naive. Probably he's just a tad bit arrogant because he was daddy's favorite. And he looks his brothers in the eyes and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. <laughs> you were mad about the first one. But I got something else for you. And this time, it was even better. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Now, everyone instantly knew what this dream meant. And the Bible says his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed, boy? Shall your mother and I and brothers, they knew exactly what he was saying, indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But the Bible goes on to say, like Mary, he hid this, Jacob, in his heart. But what I want you to see here is the die has been cast. And because of him sharing this dream, this is the problem about vision. When you get it, you have to share it. But when you share it, there are problems. So you want to keep it to yourself, but you can't keep it to yourself. And then when you say it, people get an attitude about it, saying, who do you think you are? How are you ever going to do it? So this is the burden of leadership and the burden of vision. And it's on the shoulders of this 17-year-old boy named Joseph. So shortly after he has the dream, the brothers give him a, basically a beatdown of a lifetime and they try to kill him. Then they rethink it and decide, you know what, we're gonna make some money out of this thing. And, and instead they sold him into slavery. But, but look at your neighbor and say, you know, uh, brothers can be tough. Brothers can be tough. Brothers can be tough. Verse 36. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. But, but watch that, an officer of who? Pharaoh. Who did he work for? Pharaoh. Who did he spend time with? Pharaoh. Whose circles did he run in? Pharaoh's. See, everybody wants a dream like Joseph's, where the sun, moon, and stars bow down to you. But could, can, can you handle the process that God was going to have to take him through to get him there? Everybody wants what you got, but can they go through what it took for you to get it? Genesis 39.1. We got to cover a lot of ground. Now, Joseph, all he did was have a dream. All the boy did was announce his dream. He didn't create the dream, 
God gave him the dream. But all he did was see a vision of his life bigger than he could ever imagine or explain. And because of that, verse 1, now Joseph had been taken down to what or where? Egypt. Again, though Joseph had just been promised the sun, the moon, and the stars, he goes down. Why? Because with God, going up always starts with going down. Jesus said the wise man, when he finds the rock, he first digs a hole. And then he establishes his house on that rock. Meaning, if you are going to build anything in God, first it's going to get a little bit dirty. First, it's going to get a little bit dark. First, you're going to go down before you go up. The problem is everyone wants to go up. Everyone wants to be a shooting star. Not realizing the fact, just like we, we, we heard about in the time of offering, he likened faith to a seed, a mustard seed. But how does the seed work? It first must be planted in the ground. It must first go into a hole, into a dark place, be covered up when nobody sees it. No one recognizes it. No one celebrates it. it, it no one really even knows it's there until it hangs on there and, and just stays with it for a while. And then it doesn't even pop up big, it just pops up little. But then as it's faithful with a little, it becomes much. Everybody wants to sit in Joseph's seat, but no one wants to go through what Joseph went through. Everybody wants a good marriage. But very few people want to go through what it takes to have one. Many people want to be a happy single, but they don't want to make the decisions. They don't want to have the discipline that it takes to be successful like Jesus, successful like Daniel, successful like Paul. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. So, if everything with God starts down, redemption happened because Jesus came down. And because he came down, he will take us up. So, if you're going through a down moment, know that God has only let us go down because he wants to grow us so he can trust us and take us through the process that will make us a hundred times better when we get to the other side of it. Often the reason God takes us down is like the, the way God deals with the mustard seed. Before the mustard seed goes up, it got to have some roots. And many of us want to go up, but we don't have no roots. And for that reason, the first storm, we're going to flip over because we haven't taken the time in the dark place to develop roots. We're too proud to get in a hole. We're too proud to go down for a moment. And because of it, we never go through the process that makes us strong. 
So what God was doing, he had no problem putting Joseph into his position. He had a problem with Joseph's character. Joseph was a coddled little boy. Joseph walked around in a coat of many colors. Joseph walked around like he was superior to everyone else. But in order for God to use Joseph, God had to toughen him up. God had to put a little steel in him. God had to root and ground him. And many of us want the blessing. We want the glory. We, 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 we want everyone to know our name, but you don't want to go through the process of letting God develop the roots necessary to sustain that thing you say you want. Sounds like I'm fussing with you. I am a little bit. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Remember, you can access this teaching and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org. And we can make a difference together. Let's get back to today's message. The point I'm making is if you're down right now and submit to process, up is right around the corner. But many of us, we panic when we go down. How could God love me? Because he loves you. You're so soft. Your root is about an inch deep. You know what's great about the dry season? It causes the roots to go deeper in the ground to find water. So God will lead you in his wisdom through a dry season because he knows the, the speed of the women, the, 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 the winds, that, women for some of you, but the, the speed of the, <laughs> the speed of the winds that will be coming in the next season. And if your, 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 your roots aren't deep, that skirt's going to knock you right over. Hear what I'm saying? I don't got real with somebody. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him. As hard as Joseph's circumstances were, God was preparing him for his future. God knew that one day Joseph would be in Pharaoh's court, so he placed him around a man that was in Pharaoh's court. 
So he can learn how to conduct himself. He can learn about the environment. He could watch Potiphar. He could watch Potiphar's friends. He could learn how, how they interacted and, and, and all the, 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 the rest. God had him serve somebody to get him ready. I ain't serving nobody. You ain't never going to be ready. The people God places around you and the people God asks you to serve are indicators of where God plans to take us. But we must learn to submit to the process. But here's the part that made me scream when I first read these verses. Verse two has the audacity to say, got me upset. And I was only so saved, words almost came out of my mouth. It said, the Lord was with Joseph. How can God be with someone hated by his family? How could God be with a man who lost his freedom, sold into slavery, told when to rise and, and when to sleep, when to eat, what to eat, how to eat? How could God be with a man in such circumstance. Almost said, Lord, if that's what it's like for you to be with somebody. But Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now this may surprise all the geniuses in the room. But God doesn't think the way we think. God created us to relate to his thoughts, but we will never control them. And then he says, nor, and I can imagine his neck shaking a little bit. He said, not only are my thoughts not your thoughts. Appreciate your degrees. Appreciate the books you read. But as smart as you are, nor are your ways my way of doing things. Now, I have spent years on my knees, literally to the point, particularly in my young life, my knees were calluses. I looked like a little elephant about the knees. Trying to talk God out of his craziness. Lord, you ought to do things my way. This don't make no sense, God. If I was God, I would. But he didn't listen. He still doesn't listen. And still insists on doing everything his way. And then he continues. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways, the way I do things, higher than your ways, and my thoughts 
than your thoughts. Now, God doesn't insist on his way because he's arrogant, but because his way is higher. And he loves us too much not to give us the highest and the best. The man lost his freedom, lost his family, strange land. But if God can take something you never expected to lose, he can also blow your mind, replacing it with something you never imagined having. I just say it one more time. If God can take away something you never expected to lose, God can blow your mind, giving you something you never expected to have. It's the same God that says, give me that, that says, I will give you this. Genesis 39 and 2. And he was a success, speaking of Joseph, a successful man. So after I finished screaming over the fact that the Bible said that the Lord was with him, even though he became a slave, I screamed again because the Bible said that as a slave, he was successful. Obviously, God doesn't see success the way you and I see success. You see, success is not how you compare it to others. It's measured by, 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 by your, what, what you do with the ability that God gives you. Yes. Yes. I, I like what one guy said. He said, success is on the same road as failure. It's just that success is a little further down the road. So here we have Joseph reduced in every way. But God says, I'm with him. God even says he's successful because he's doing what he's doing with a right heart, right attitude. He's not complaining. He's not whining. He's not crying. God's toughening him up and he's taking it and he's becoming a real man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, the King James Version says something here as well. It says that God made him prosperous. Just like we need to change our definition of success, we may need to change our definition of prosperity. The richest thought I can have at any point in the day is knowing I'm in the will of God. Joseph, abandoned by his brothers, enslaved, but he was in the will of God. And that made him prosperous. I'd rather be out in the field of war in the will of God than in my suburban home outside the will of God. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.